there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. This is the Australian Grand Prix preview. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Morning. How's everybody? How's England? It's uh, it's rainy, but otherwise to be expected, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. Uh, we're biting your style here in LA. We're on month three of it's pouring right now. It's moist out there. It's been cold and wet the whole time there, hasn't it? I was shocked. When I came last month, it was the coldest I've ever been in LA, I think. Listen, I want to say for the record, I'm a centrist. With that said, I didn't mind at all paying exorbitant taxes in, in California. We got the highest sales tax, the highest in state income tax, really high property tax. But we had no mosquitoes and no rain. And coming from Michigan, that was worth the bump in taxes. I honestly believe there should be a sliding scale of taxes correlated with the amount of rainfall and mosquitoes going forward. I agree. Well, in the UK, they'd be paying us a fortune to live here then. <laughs> As they should. Charlie. You, it's raining here too, but it's a nice hot. Yeah, Charlie, it's, it's what, 4 a.m. for you and you're in Hawaii. I got a nice cup of coffee. I had to walk in the pouring rain, but it was so hot and sticky and nice. Oh, it's raining there too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Guys, I feel like this is a very special moment. It, we are 65 <laughs> time zones apart, and it, yet it is raining in all of them. Amazing. Yeah. Congrats, Mother Nature. Okay, so we have the Australian Grand Prix to look forward to. Um, there's some exciting elements to this. Quickly, the track in Australia is a street circuit. We love those. Checo loves those. Mm. Uh, four DRS zones, the most amount of DRS zones on the calendar. So potentially a bazillion passes, and then also extremely high retirement rate at this yeah. track. Yeah? Yeah, I think last year there were four crashes. Yeah, I think they average they in the in the hybrid era they've averaged five DNFs a race. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, it's funny. I I like the shiny new tracks that we go to. You know, Saudi is actually pretty cool, isn't it? It's scary and fast and crashy. But <laughs> Crash. for me, I don't know if it's just because I've been watching it a long time. This feels like the real start for me because I used to. It used to be that the Aussie Grand Prix was the first one of the season, so I would get up at 5 a.m. to watch the first qualifying session and practice sessions. It was like such a big deal. I love the track. And it's a weird hybrid, isn't it? Because it's sort of a street circuit, but it sort of isn't because it's in the middle of, it's around the lake in Albert Park. They used to race there back in the 50s, I think, and they stopped in like 58. The Grand Prix of Australia was in Adelaide um, from 1985 to 96, I think. And then it came back to Melbourne. But yeah, it's just, 
it feels like a proper old school character full track. And it is one of the few races I visited in person. Did anyone ever put it in the drink back in the 50s before they give a fuck about safety? <laughs> anyone just... <laughs> they used to run it They used to run it in the opposite direction, so it's probably... It's entirely possible. There's probably like six undiscovered bodies, bodies in the bottom of the lake. Yeah, yeah. No one cared back then. So you've been in person. I went... It was a weird... It was like a press trip. So I was going to the launch of a car called a Monaro, which is like... Um, you had the... What did you have? The Chevy SS, the Australian oh, oh, oh. rebadged Chevy SS, yeah? Yes. So the predecessor of that, uh, a two-door coupe version called the Monaro, and they were going to start selling it in England, so I got this trip to Australia. And we landed, and then I think we immediately went to the Grand Prix, and it was awesome. It was It's sort of like NASCAR mixed with touring car racing. And all the drivers were there, and it was really funny. They were in our sort of hospitality area, and they were all like, yeah, I'll just watch a bit. This, you know, these F1 boys don't know what they're doing. It's not real racing. And the, they did the warm-up lap at the start of the race. And the faces on these guys, <laughs> they could not believe the noise and the ferocity of these cars. It was back in the V10 era. And they all just stood and watched for the entire race, absolutely blown away. It was such a cool demonstration of how unbelievably fast and exciting F1 can be in person. Well, you know, funny you'd say that. This last weekend, there was a NASCAR road course race uh, at COTA, Circuit of Americas, and uh, Jensen Button raced in it. Uh, I saw yeah, it, yeah. 2009 F1 champ, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah, I watched with great curiosity to see how he's going to do since it was road course. And uh, it, it was just average. He was midfield. I think he finished 18th. But what was shocking was... The the best quality lap for the NASCAR at Coda was two minutes eleven seconds, and Leclerc's race pace was one thirty six. So thirty five yeah. seconds slower a lap, which might not even sound enormous, but when you think that every third lap, every third lap, the F one car would lap the NASCAR race if they were on the track. So they'd be like eighteen <laughs> laps down by the end. They are a different world. They are a different world, these things. Yes, yes. You, the, the F1 cars would pit. You do the whole uh, medal ceremony, the cup, and then they would be waving the NASCARs. And then also the Indy cars around Coda, also 14 seconds slower. So every 10 laps, they'd be getting overtaken. It's pretty incredible when you think they try and slow F1 cars down routinely, like every year, every couple of years. This year, they tried to slow them down by like six or seven tenths a lap, and they've actually ended up going six or seven tenths a lap quicker. So so in between Jeddah and now the upcoming Australian Grand Prix that's upon us in a couple of days, some fun things have come out since our, our race recap. I'll start with one that I thought was amusing. Everyone knows how I feel about Lewis. Brilliant driver. He came out. And uh, said, you know, that he had never seen in his whole career a manufacturer uh, or constructor with such an advantage that the Red Bull currently has. I just wanted to point out that so this year, Max qualified 0.3 seconds ahead of the next constructor in pole in Bahrain. And then Checo qualified 0.14 above the next constructor at Jeddah. And fucking Lewis qualified 1.4 seconds faster in 2015 than the next constructor. So it, maybe he's never seen it because he was inside of it. 
and it was 10x. And so he wasn't able to look at it and observe it. Maybe that's what he meant. But the notion that the Red Bull has a, a bigger advantage than Mercedes has had is, is laughable by a factor of 10. Uh, Charlie, you're our in-house Lewis uh, disciple. Please defend. He was just being sweet. He was <laughs> he's congratulating them on their car. You know, he was it wasn't a derogatory statement. He was just saying how great they've done, how well they've taken these parameters and made this awesome machine. Wow. The, he's just being a sweet guy. The most dominant car he's ever seen. He's ever seen. Yeah. Well, he probably puts the performance of the Mercedes down entirely to him in the past. So that would make sense. In a racing driver's brain. <laughs> The car was not dominant. It was simply his talent. That's you know, right. you say that in jest, but honestly, that is accounting for at least half of his um, subjective view of the car. Without a doubt. Yes. He's like, your average person couldn't have driven that car. I, I, I found a second uh, in that car that no one else could have. <laughs> but even that would put it 0.4 ahead of the next, which is still a, a good margin above the gap between Red Bull I think the worry is that Red Bull's race pace is like next level, isn't it? So the qualifying is close. Ferrari, particularly Leclerc, is so good in qualifying. So I, I think they'll be really close again. But I think it was Science was saying that the Ferrari just eats its tires. So it just cannot get anywhere near the Red Bull in the race. So in race pace, it is dominant. But yeah, it, I think Lewis is... Um, you know, slightly revisionist history there. Yeah. Okay, the next big topic that has to be discussed is Alonzo. This is the year of Alonzo. Everyone's hard as a rock for Alonzo, myself included. Um, maybe even Priapus, where it'll, it lasts for longer than four hours. That's how stiff I am for Alonzo this year. I just love him. <laughs> I also want to add, my brother recommended I watch. There's an Alonzo documentary, a docu-series. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but it's on Prime, and it's fucking incredible. And of course, Jethro, you would have known this because I'm because I'm a poser and brand new to the sport. I had no idea that when he retired in 18, he went on to try to get the triple crown and win the Indianapolis 500 in 24 hours of Le Mans, and then just straight won Le Mans right out of the gates. He's such a badass. Yeah, he won Le Mans, and then um, he was in a pretty dominant car, to be fair. But he did win Le Mans. And then the first time he went to Indy, he was really, really good. Like, he was in with a shout for pole position. I can't remember what happened in the race. Did he have a failure or a crash? But he was—he really was close, that first attempt. Yeah, I think he had back-to-back -back DNFs, uh, both attempts. At least where I'm at now in the docuseries, haven't completed it. There's a fun stat going around right now. I'm sure you boys have read it, that the previous five drivers to hit 101 podiums, their 101st podium was all a win. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so Alonzo, who just won his 100th podium uh, last race in Jeddah, were he to get on the podium again, that would be his 101st, and the previous five, it was for a win. I don't think that moves the Nino, but it's so exciting and romantic. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I hope he doesn't get on the podium unless he wins the next few races. Like, he needs to really be that sixth. It kind of throws it all under the bus. That's like a great stat, nerds. Like, I'd rather see him yeah. do poorly than not complete this stat. A hundred percent. Yeah. It feels like him and Verstappen have a love in, though, doesn't it? So maybe Verstappen will... Uh... We'll let Alonso through. Oh, yeah. Probably I not. think he is. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> if I had to bet on what driver of the remaining 19 he would first do that for, it would be Alonso for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but he would still rather kill his parents than actually do it. 
Okay, so now we're on to Max. That's a great segue into another big bit of uh, F1 news this week. Uh, Max Verstappen's girlfriend's father, who's a Formula One driver, was uh, fined nearly a million dollars for a barrage of racial slurs aimed at young Lewis Hamilton. A million bucks. Uh, you, you look shocked, uh, Jethro. You're aware of this, right? <laughs> No, I have not heard hmm. this. I've been how have I not kept up with this? Okay, one? this is great. And and so so some some people came to defend him. I, I noticed in the comments on different posts that we're talking about this. And, you know, oh, cancel culture, this and that. Uh you, they don't understand the nuance of Portuguese. They use that word in Portugal and in Brazil. Um it just needs to be pointed out. It was a Brazilian court who found him guilty and yeah. fined him the million million dollars yeah i was with a brazilian in paris years ago and i was having a conversation with him and the sweetest guy ever clueless dropped the dropped the n-bomb and oh really i was like i gotta stop you there that's not <laughs> acceptable and he was clueless like this was like six years ago and i was kind of shocked <laughs> that in brazil and this is not a kid that would have said that. He was a very, like, very religious, very gentle mm. creature. And he was mortified when I told him. But thank goodness he wasn't going to say that in a much more inappropriate setting. Okay, so you are, you're kind of defending not defending. Max's him. I'm not defending him because I think that that was about six, seven years ago when <laughs> yeah, yeah. the topic wasn't as, like, Hot. Hot. And I think that worldwide with social media, you can't know that anymore. I don't really think you're defending the uh the future no. father in law, but um <laughs> I didn't I, I I didn't I knew about the PK story, but I didn't realize that Max was going out with his daughter. That's where mm -hmm. I'm confused. But yeah, I knew about Nelson PK. Yeah. Okay. And you knew about the fine and I and and you know his son. So his son was part of one of the big controversies in F1 history, wasn't he? Because Nelson PK Jr crashed a car in order to bring out a safety car in order for Fernando Alonso to win a race when oh, they were yeah. teammates. Oh wow. So that that was a big deal. Yeah. What a what a lively family uh Verstappen's yeah. joining and it feels like a <laughs> it's going to be a real easy transition for him based on the skull cracking dad. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the I want to see the father-in-law and the father get into it at the wedding. Oh. <laughs> also, speaking of documentaries, Max has apparently quite soon a documentary coming out on Max. Oh, he does? All through his carding, and apparently there's lots of footage. I saw a little teaser of it, oh. so quite quite fascinating. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I hope there's a, a footage of his dad getting in that fight. Oh, God. Well, I did stumble upon, upon a clip. I sent it to you guys of Max uh, put, shoving a driver. Was yeah. it Grosjean? It was, no, it was Oak. It was Ocon. Ocon, yeah. Oh, it was Ocon. It was Ocon? Yeah, yeah. They had a little mix-up uh, some years back. Quite aggressive. Max gave him a little shove. Yeah. Yeah, he looked ready to go, I got to yeah, say. He yeah. looked like he was ready for the next volley. I also got to say a, li a little something. We saw a different camp camera angle. We talked a lot of it last week about Max's dad, cold-faced, right beside Checo, but there's a little back footage that came, and it looked like he came and he was cold-faced, and as Checo was going past across... His father did put his hand out, oh. and they gave each other a little grasp. Oh. So maybe he's just completely 
cold face and Terminator face and mm. did give him some sort of acknowledgement. Yeah. But that wasn't caught on the original footage. So I maybe, just gotta... Maybe he moves through life like he's sitting on pocket aces. Yes. Okay. Charlie, did you have, did you see anything exciting this week uh, during the doldrums waiting for the race? I mean, this is exciting for us because we're huge Mick fans. But in an interview, Mick said he's confident that he'll be back. Oh. He's staying... He's training, he's approaching every race weekend like he's racing, and he said he's not worried about it because in the off-season he's had some interest. Oh. So he may be back. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I like, he's a very too, sweet but kid, you know but what? he was, um, he was uh, Charlie and I, we have our, our first favorite driver, he, Lewis, me, Max. But then beyond that, we're both, we were both huge Mick fans because nobody in the history of Formula One fought for 19th the way that Schumacher would fight for 19th. Also, that blue flag, fuck you, blue flag. When they're telling him to get over to let someone lap him, not happening on Mick Schumacher's watch. He was battling people, no. grinding them into the ground. Charlie and I would talk often about this, the strategy on the radio would have been like, just, just hang back because your next lap is Mick. We're going to need some tires for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's not letting anyone lap him or lap him twice most of the time. He was fighting for every every second. Um, what else do I got? Oh, this is kind of exciting. We know Angela Cullen, uh, oh, Lewis Hamilton's yeah. right-hand gal. She she left. The trainer, yeah. She's like his physiotherapist and performance coach, but they've separated after seven years. So I love doing this, but when I get that opportunity, I might be a little bound up schedule-wise when I take over. You're putting your hat in the ring <laughs> yeah. to to take over. That's right. I don't know, Charlie. For, yep. Well, let me tell you why. First of all, no one, no one on the telecast got more FaceTime than Angela. Nope. She got, you saw her more than you saw Toto Wolf, more than you saw uh, Horner, anybody. I don't know if Lewis has the inner confidence to have them cut to a man that is 2X his size regularly called a Viking by single women and sent drinks. I don't, no one's trying to share the spot. You've met the only actor who's willing to share it with you. <laughs> I generally, personally don't like you standing beside me. So no I can't does. imagine Lewis wanting that, you know? No, no, no. It's like you've got yourself a nice 84 Mustang. You got, you're the third owner. You're at high school. You feel great. And then all of a sudden some motherfucker pulls in in a brand new 911. You're done. Your day's over. And that's what it's like to be with Charlie out in the real world. I mean, they have matching tattoos. I would get, you know, we could go get matching tattoos together, run on the beach. Go dress shopping together. Training he needs. Pick out the same dress. Dress shopping, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> but do you, do you think you could have too much time with Lewis Hamilton? Because she was like pretty much with him 24-7, it seemed. Do, do you think there could be a limit even to your love of, of Lewis? Well, we'd have to start with five minutes and see see how it goes. Build, <laughs> yeah. I think I think I could do it. And it seemed to be quite an amicable split. Like they both said wonderful things about each other on their posts. Like I think she's moving on they to did. the next phase. Of, she's got like I think two or three kids. Like she's she's got her own life. Yeah, they did. But Toto said um, in an interview when he he was asked about it that Lewis had been wanting a change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like her fault. Implying that, that he great. that he needed some like he had been planning this and it was time for a change and it was. Not on bad terms, but almost something planned and calculated. But both yeah. of them individually said that it was yeah, Lewis, mutual. And Lewis is unhappy right now. And we've concluded that it is his personal trainer. 
<laughs> and then we must get rid of her Angela. She's the reason the car is so slow. So once we bring in Charlie Curtis and put about 20 to 25 pounds of lean muscle mass and loose, he'll be turning 1.4 quicker quality laps. And I assume when you leave Mercedes that, that um, Toto either assumes you're dead or arranges for you to be killed. <laughs> like the, the moment you walk out the building, you are dead to him. <laughs> Stay tuned for more F1 with DRS. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, anything uh, leading up to Australia, before we get into some pulp from the paddock, anything more about the Australian Grand Prix specifically? It's a it's a home track for Piastri, which is kind of exciting, mm. going home. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be able to see him pretty well as he's um, in the McLaren, so you get extra time as he comes past each grandstand. Did you, you would have heard this, Jethro, that McLaren announced that they're restructuring, basically, and they're going to go to kind of like a triple lead uh, or yeah, they got rid of their guide. Yeah, they got rid of James Key, wasn't it? Who was like the boss man. And um, now they're having this triumvirate of power, which sounds like something that's never worked in F1 and probably is going to be a difficult sell. I really hope they sort it out because they've got two great drivers and something had to give. So it seems only right and proper. Well, what, how many people can Zach fire before he has to fire himself? That's the question mm. I have, A. Yep. And then B... I'm just going to make a an actor analogy. There are many great managers. I'm sure there's brilliant ones, and, and I know some of them, and they're great. But in general, I never had an, a manager and an agent like people have because all that is now is two people that can point the finger at the other and say that they dropped the ball. This seems like the worst fucking conceivable idea ever. Like, we have no leadership, clearly. The team is suffering. There's no leader. So let's let's create three leaders yeah, and in a sport where you have to have these accountable people and you have to have people who just by sheer force of personality and will make stuff good, I just don't see how it works when you've got three or four people um, who are supposedly in charge. So it feels like another sort of moonshot for McLaren with the hope that, that it's going to make the difference, but we keep hearing about it. They're always going to be 
although all the teams say this, but but McLaren in particular always going to be on the podium or fighting for wins in 18 months. It's, it's like, it's just the perennial timeline. And they've got to change it. They're meant to be a big team. They've got a great history. Um, they've got all these new facilities coming on board and Aston Martin have come in and shown them how to do it, basically. Yeah. I mean, they can't go down from here. No, no. So. They're the worst. They're the absolute worst currently. <laughs> okay, Paul from the paddock, uh, give us some gossip, Matt. All right. Well, we're talking about Lewis. Quick and short, there was a lot of controversy online. There was a photo of Lewis Hamilton waiting to get something, smoking an e-cigarette. Oh. So the internet was up in arms about this one, and that's really all that is, but pretty crazy. Something you wouldn't have expected. This may be the first thing I love about Lewis. Yeah. It's like, oh my. I was going to say, you might might have turned a corner for you. Yes. <laughs> wow, he's vaping? I like him a bit more now. Now, was he holding? He doesn't have a, a trainer anymore. The vape anymore. was right up. The vape <laughs> yeah, was. He's, he's five <laughs> days without Angela and he's fucking a smoker. <laughs> it's going to come out that it's going to come out that that's why he let her go because she wouldn't let him smoke. The next yeah. picture of him is going to be at Hometown Buffet <laughs> with his vape. Kid. That might have been where he was. <laughs> <laughs> it was right up to his face, like it was. It was there. He was. He was, he was inbound. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Back in the day, wasn't there a NASCAR driver who was famous for smoking as he Dick raced? Trickle. Dick Trickle. Dick Trickle. He had an ashtray built into the car. And again, of course, 500 laps. If you're a smoker, that's not on the table. Like yeah. you can't go 500 anything without a cigarette. <laughs> Could also be angling for a new sponsor, tributary revenue stream. You know, there's no vape sponsors currently. Yeah, and no. I could, I would love to see what, what's your brand, Matt. This is the smoke. What's it called? S M O K. S M O K. Yeah. A beautiful, clean vape that'll have you taking steps two at a time. Put a spring in your step with smoke. SM, well, I'm just auditioning right now to have yeah, them as a sponsor. Sounds really good. It does. But what was the old one that we liked? You buy the 10 Oh, that was up. the uh, Hype Bar Plus. Oh, yeah. That was a nice product. Yeah. Real smooth draw. Oh. And Sen- the, the flavor it- was naked. Ooh. Naked was nice. Yeah. We got to send Lewis a crate of those. Yeah. <laughs> a little <laughs> gift from us. <laughs> Um, so there was an article in the Players Tribune about Alex Albon. So he, I now nickname him Alex Excel Albon, and I want to explain a little bit about this. So it's a beautiful article. I would suggest everyone reading this. It's really nice and it made me kind of fall in love with him a little bit. But he was talking about his like woes during the Red Bull days, and he kind of went really, really down and wasn't feeling good. And he kind of got to a point where he, just like anyone without a job, needed to start handing out resumes. And instead of handing out a resume, I'm going to read a quote from the article. And he mm. says, so I did what everybody else without a job does. I started handing out CVs. I must admit, mine looked a little different than most. I did it in Excel, and I had all these lap times and splits and all sorts of data and color-coded it was all in reds and greens and yellows, and it was really a sight to behold. I was quite proud of it. <laughs> and so he basically went to get a job and created an Excel spreadsheet and started taking it to all the different teams, and now he's with Williams. And it was just, it was a really humanizing article, and I suggest everyone kind of taking a peek at the Players' Tribune. Yeah, that makes me um, think he's a real hard worker, yeah. on and off the track. Um, before my last one, I do want to say, if you haven't seen it already, you got to go to the Red Bull page and watch the Red Bull videos they made leading up to the Australian Grand Prix. They are epic. It's Danny oh, Ricardo is the feature of it. He's driving his old Red Bull car all through the dirt 
countrysides of hey. um, Australia. And there's like, he's going on a bridge and there's a Red Bull airplane going over top and they're racing along the bridge. There's multiple clips and I think you can f- find the full video online. It's like watching a 10-minute Top Gun movie, but in race cars and dirt bikes and uh, oh. sand cars. It's incredible. So go watch that. Th- that helicopter one is insane, too. And just, like, blowing up all the dust, and then he starts doing donuts in the dust. Yeah, they have all their stunt, other stunt people, like yeah. dirt bikes jumping over his car. They have the stunt helicopter, like, kind of doing donuts in the air around <laughs> his car as he's on a dirt road. It's, it's amazing. Insane. And last one, a little bit controversial, Stefano Domenicali, who's the CEO of the Formula One group, made a statement this week, and he said, I am a supporter of the cancellation of free practice sessions, which are great use to the engineers, but that the public does not like it. So this is among a couple of seemingly really stupid, thoughtless announcements recently. Yeah. The other one is that the guys can't ride their bike on the track, yes. yeah. right? And so you, instead of doing a walking lap, which I guess takes an hour in Australia, you know, they rode their bikes around the track for a spotting lap. For some indiscriminate reason, that's now off the table. Yeah. And then this, yeah. Hey, partner, minimally, just don't televise it. If that's your issue, yes. if it's underperforming on television, d- then don't televise it. But why on earth rob everyone of that time developing the car? Also, I love practice yeah. one, two, and three. We all do. It, it is the hype up. It's like the yeah, it's the appetizer to the yeah. Exactly. It's yeah, nice. It's the light foreplay. kissing and oh, the, the gentle petting. Yeah. yeah. To get rid of it entirely is ridiculous. We, we still want to see the cars on track as much as possible. Yeah, yeah things go wrong. Engines blow up. You get grid penalties. All, all kind of stuff is happening. Yeah. And it's a chance for the young drivers to have their go as well, isn't it? Each team has to put out um, a certain number of um, sessions with a young driver to give them that opportunity. So it's a good it's a good showcase for the future talent as well. Yeah, it's just a stupid idea. Yeah, it's just counterintuitive. There, uh, every sport is trying to add more games, more races, more television time. And this guy's thought is, look, we got to we got to lob off half of the content we're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand that one. Yeah, the place that we need a cost cap is within the FIA because clearly they have too many folks that are sitting around debating whether or not they should ride yeah. bicycles around debating these things if they had a, a skeleton crew they could only manage the big ticket items and they wouldn't be saying you can't talk about political things you can't wear your nose ring all this bullshit your underwear yeah i love thinking that there's all these dudes in suits sitting around talking about riding bicycles around a, a track i really want to know the explanation behind that like what is the reason you pulled bikes off do you think walking a track dax would make you drive around it faster the next day no, I've been given the choice to walk a track on race weekends, and I've never taken it. My thought, literally, and this is probably just an excuse, I'm like, the race, the hour-long race, is very uh, taxing. I, I want to be hydrated and rested. The last thing I want to do is take a three-mile walk at Lime Rock up and down hills. This seems preposterous. I agree. I've I've never quite understood it. I have done a few track walks myself and it's it doesn't look anything like when you're in a car anyway i don't i don't really get it do they walk it with the whole team is it like a whole the whole team goes out there and all the engineers and everyone goes out there and walks it together i think there's certainly a number of them that do i don't know what they're looking at maybe they're looking at like if the surface has changed where the track's been repaired yeah it's got to be a track surface thing or like oh i'm gonna turn in i'm gonna be a little offline here because there's a divot there Mm. any polls charlie yeah, I'm, I've got two. Um, I've got two and a fun one. So we talked about Piastri being at his home track. Uh, rookies are doing all right this year. Will we see the first rookie score points this year in Australia? 
Mm. I'm thinking Piastri might pull it off, but what do you guys think? I'm going to say no, but not because of Piastri, but because of um, McLaren. Well, just any rookie. You think any rookies will? Oh, it's any rookies. Any rookie. Oh, yeah, I could see Logan getting there. Still low percentage. I'm going to, I'd have to say no. If there's a gun to my head, I'd say no. Jethro? Yeah, I agree. I think if anyone, it would probably be Sergeant, but it's a long shot, isn't it? Unless there's a lot of carnage. There is a lot of crashes, yeah. like you say, at Melbourne, so it's possible. Uh, number two, we saw a little, little off-track conflict with Max and Checo. Mm -hmm. Within one point, this is a good track for Checo. Are we going to see a little on-track tussle between the two? A little fighting, despite maybe team orders? Yeah, so here's my prediction on Max Checo. A, let's recognize Checo loves street circuits. That's kind of his bread and butter. Um, I think you're going to see the best drive of Max's season this weekend. I think he's so fucking pissed off that he's going to want to gap Checo so severely to shut everyone the fuck up. That's my prediction. I think he's going to be so dominant this weekend. The whole weekend practice qualifying all of it yeah i think it's gonna be a, a master class of fuck you to everybody <laughs> and he and he's probably pissed off about his uh his future father-in-law he's got a lot of a lot of fires burning but it would make it so interesting if he somehow gets a dnf he will be so angry and furious and if checo gets ahead of him in the points season i'm just waiting for a massive visual conflict to happen i think it will just really be exciting this year it's probably the best thing that could happen for the sport hundred yeah, percent max dnfs yeah i think they're gonna mix it up a little on track yeah after the race had that whole issue thinking that um he kind of got fucked by his crew and by the plan to get max at extra point i think he's gonna come out hot i mean i'd love it to be the case but last year ferrari so leclerc was on pole fastest lap led every lap of the race and left Melbourne with like a 46-point lead or something. Talk about what a difference a year makes. Leclerc is on fire in qualifying. I suspect if things go the way they're going, that maybe, like you say, Max is going to be on fire. Leclerc might stick it in second and then Perez third, and I think he might have his hands full just getting past mm. um, Leclerc in the first part of the race, which leads, leads Max to win. But if you think about the way the points work, a retirement would be awesome for... If if Max gets a retirement, it sounds awful, but because the Red Bull's so dominant, if you could assume, if Perez just finished second to Max, but Max had had, say, two retirements in a season, it's a hell of a lot of catching up to do, you know, because there, there will be a lot of weekends where no one's getting in between those two cars. So if, if you assume they're going to be first and second, it only takes a bit of bad luck, and um, suddenly Verstappen, even if he's dominating has got a lot of points to overhaul and it's going to take a long way into the season to do it. So I think there's still fireworks between those two to come, but I just have a feeling that, yeah, Verstappen's going to fly and Leclerc might get in the mix as well. Here's my Hail Mary prediction, that Max will be way out in front to a dominant degree. Checo will no longer be racing him. Checo will also have a nice fat cushion between he and third and he's going to pit himself to get new tires for a fastest lap. <laughs> I could see that happening because Checo is fucking mad. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty clear. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that's my long shot prediction. Okay, let's talk about 10th place. As everyone knows, the progressive is growing. We have a carryover from last race. 
There's 400 fat dollars. Uh, we're now going to put another 100 in. That's going to be an $800 sweet fat tally. If one of the four of us can get 10th place right this week. Last week, Charlie had the advantage. My inclination is to flip it from last week and go oldest to youngest. Yeah, let's do that. Sorry, Matthew. I loved watching <sighs> Yuki, oh. and I'm taking Yuki. <sighs> yeah. Yuki for 10th. All right. I was That was going to be my pick, and I was going to double down. However, my fear with that was he, he drives the piss out of that car. He won't and make he, it. <laughs> he very likely could be a DNF yeah, and yeah. is not even the running. Yeah, it's a bad pick. My kinda. second one that I thought about, though, I think, as we were talking, I think Logan Sargent might get that 10th place. So I'm going to go Logan. Nice. Fun. Yeah. Damn. That was mine. Jethro. I'm going to stick with Alpine, Renault, but I'm going Gasly. I just, I think they have the fifth fastest car. There's going to be a lot of mayhem, but I don't know. Gasly's due a half decent result. So I'm going to say Gasly. Okay. I like that pick just simply because they posted a video of Gasly jumping over the oh. Formula One car. Did you see that, Jethro? He's standing still. They drive the car and he leaps and lands beautifully like a gazelle. Very it can't it, yep. it can't be real though, can Yes, it? of course. They're not driving a four, they're not magic. driving a Formula One car at the legs of their Formula One <laughs> drive. I forgot. Say, I feel like such a buffoon. <laughs> I totally believe that. Why did I believe that? You're right. That thing's not out of the garage for like stunt play. I mean, I'm sure he did the jump and he would clear the car, but there's there's a depth of field thing going on or something, right? Yeah, he's standing ten feet in front of that car. But I watched it, and in the video, it's good editing because he lands in the same spot that the car is on. So I think they must have spliced it together. It's very good editing if it's not real. That's an expensive stunt. All right, Charlie, who are you going with for number 10? Um, I'm going to Valtteri. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good one. one. Yeah. yeah. Forgot he was with us this season. Mullet man. He's still with us. He's done well here. He's done well the last couple of weeks, but I think he's going to have a 10th place. Okay. He actually, if you look, there's a little article that came out about him. He's in the shower naked. Just, uh, he's been, got some sexy posts going on lately. Oh, really? His mullet, he's feeling himself right now. Have you seen his crash helmet? No. Is it yeah. a nude of him? What is it? It It's like his face. It's like a pink crash helmet. It's got a, hmm. it's got a mustache. It's got a mullet going down the back. When he closes the visor, it's got his eyes on it. It's freaky. <laughs> I think his his finishness Finish, or his yeah. Swedishness, I forget. Is he finished? He's finished. But when yeah, remember Drive to Survive season four, he and his manager, a worker, a, a, an associate he works with, were bare naked in that sauna, as they pronounce it, just having the most casual chat, real long day together, bare naked, then went for a swim. So I think for him, nudity is different than us yeah, puritanical sure. Americans and Brits. He also, I think, is a, a wild hang. Yeah. I'm getting that more and more as I, I follow him. He comes across as just kind of quiet, reserved, but I think he's a wild hang. <laughs> we got drinks and got that mullet. We got to find yeah. out. We got to go out on the town with him in Helsinki yeah. or something and fucking nude up yeah. and talk F1 in his sauna. Get him and Kimmy out together. Raikkonen <laughs> was the legend when it came to that stuff. So that, that would be a good pair. Okay, well, I'm excited. We've got our 10th place picks. That was some hot gossip. We heard from Toto. What a lovely catch-up, guys. Uh, I hated that long duration in between episodes. As I did, I hated the long duration between races. But we're back. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. Da -na -na. So I want to remind everyone to push, 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 push